Dunkin' Cold Coffee can be brewed at home in your Keurig coffee maker with Dunkin' Cold K-Cup pods. Just brew it hot over ice and enjoy flavor that's crafted to serve cold. The home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. Good Wednesday morning. Donald Trump notches another victory in the 2024 race. Is the Republican battle already over? It is January 24th. This is today. Two for two, Donald Trump scores a decisive win in New Hampshire, surging closer to clinching the Republican nomination. Thank you. Whoa. Nikki Haley finishing 11 points behind, vowing to fight on. This race is far from over. There are dozens of states left to go. Seeming to infuriate the former president. And just a little note to Nikki. She's not going to win. But I felt I should do this because... I find in life you can't let people get away with So what path, if any, does Haley have to victory? And inside the Biden campaign staff shakeup just ahead. Breaking overnight, a Russian plane believed to be carrying Ukrainian prisoners of war crashes near the border. The disaster caught on camera. Russia claiming that plane was shot down. We will have the very latest. On alert, tens of millions across the country bracing for even more severe weather, including nearly a foot of rain in parts of the south, while the recovery from a thousand-year storm goes on in Southern California. The most important thing is that we have our lives and we can rebuild everything else. Al is tracking it all. Breaking his silence, the CEO of Alaska Airlines speaking out in his first interview since that mid-flight emergency. Flight 1282 should never have happened should never have happened. And revealing loose bolts have been found on many of the Boeing planes. It makes you mad that we're finding issues like that on brand new airplanes. This morning, our exclusive interview on what Boeing is now promising to do to address those safety concerns. And getting the call. Three legendary players elected to baseball's Hall of Fame. A joyous moment for their families. Introduce you to the newest inductees into Cooperstown today, Wednesday, January 24th, 2024. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cuppy, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to today. Happy to have you with us on this Wednesday morning, baby. It's cold outside, baby. It's rainy outside. Wet I and cold. I mean, the whole, all of it. We got all of that to get to. We're going to keep an eye on a major flood watch. It's affecting millions of people. Warmer weather, heavy rain, causing a cross-country January thaw. And, of course, Al will have his full forecast coming up in just a bit. Let's start with politics, though, and we'll start in New Hampshire. Donald Trump won the Republican primary there. He beat Nikki Haley by 11 points. Despite the loss, however, Haley says she is not backing down, telling supporters overnight this race is far from over. So where does it go from here? We've got it all covered. We'll start with NBC's Hallie Jackson in Manchester for us. Hi, Hallie. Good morning. Hey, Savannah, good morning to you. And today, with most of the vote in, Mr. Trump has that double-digit victory his allies wanted to see as he firms up his grip on the GOP. But even as the former president tries to rally the rest of the party behind him, he made no overtures to Nikki Haley overnight. Quite the opposite. Unlike after Iowa, his tone, not conciliatory, but combative. This is a great, great state. Former President Trump overnight on a winning streak and on attack after becoming the only Republican in a competitive primary to win both Iowa and now New Hampshire. 
This is not your typical victory speech, but let's not have somebody take a victory when she had a very bad night. Who the hell was the imposter that went up on the stage? Mr. Trump clearly furious at former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley's pledge to stay in the race and deny him the party unity he wants, promising to keep up his barrage in her home state. We will head out to South Carolina, where I think we're going to win easily. But I felt I should do this because I find in life you can't let people get away with bullshit. The former president even targeting Haley's appearance at her speech earlier that night. And when I watched her in the fancy dress that probably wasn't so fancy. Haley speaking soon after the New Hampshire results came in, sharpening her attacks. With Donald Trump, Republicans have lost almost every competitive election. We lost the Senate. We lost the House. We lost the White House. The worst kept secret in politics is how badly the Democrats want to run against Donald Trump. And suggesting President Biden may not complete a second term. A Trump nomination is a Biden win and a Kamala Harris presidency. Haley winning a majority of self-described moderates in New Hampshire and first-time GOP primary voters. The former president dominating in New Hampshire among core Republican voters, including the majority of self-described conservatives. His march to the nomination appearing on pace despite the multiple indictments he faces. But in New Hampshire, four in 10 voters say they'd consider Mr. Trump unfit to be president if convicted. Do you believe that your legal issues are helping or hurting your campaign, sir? They're fake issues. They're Biden issues. It's all uh, election interference. The campaign trail and the courtroom colliding for Mr. Trump as he again overnight is insulting Nikki Haley by calling her a bird brain. As for President Biden, he is reacting to these Republican results now, saying it is now clear that Donald Trump will be the Republican nominee, saying the stakes for this country could not be higher. Savannah. All right, Hallie, thank you. We're going to get more perspective from Kristen Welker, moderator of Meet the Press, in just a moment. But let's go to the numbers with our national political correspondent, Steve Kornacki. I feel like we just saw each other yesterday, and there was a 22-point lead for Donald Trump in the tracking poll. Nikki Haley cuts it down to 11 in the actual results. It's not enough, better than perhaps anticipated. How did how did this come together? Yeah, and we talked about how New Hampshire, just the mix, the demographics, the ideology favored her so much, and yet she loses by 11. Here's what happened, basically, our exit poll tells the story very easily. Basically, half the Republican and half the electorate yesterday were Republicans. The rest were either independents or Democrats. And just look at this. Among Republicans, Donald Trump beat Nikki Haley basically by 50 points, by 49 points. And then among independents, Haley did win them. She won them by 22. So this is an impressive win among independents, but her campaign wanted and needed a bigger margin than this. Otherwise, you get what she got, a double-digit loss. So she's vowing to stay in the next primary, South Carolina, her home state. We've discussed ad nauseum why that is a very hard road for her because Trump is polling, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 points ahead there. Her campaign is arguing stick with her till Super Tuesday. There are other states. She has a path. Can you show us what that path might look like? hard to see. Let's just go through our calendar here and let's just zoom in to Super Tuesday, which will be March 5th, and just start taking a look at what's on the board that day. Here you get a, a sense of it. Now, these are all the Super Tuesday states. I'm scrolling through them there. We're still in Super Tuesday. It ends with Vermont. Which of these states has an electorate that looks anything like what we saw in New Hampshire last night? Maybe Massachusetts fits that. I think Vermont is going to fit that. And on the periphery, 
Virginia sort of fits that. So there'd be opportunities in those states, I think, for her to get some delegates. There are a few others like North Carolina that give them out proportionally. So even if she loses, she could get 20, 30 delegates. But the problem for her really becomes the rules that the Republicans have set starting on Super Tuesday really change. And the rules are designed to get an early nominee, meaning in a lot of these states, if you're just getting 50 percent at the statewide level or 50 percent at the district level, you get all of the delegates. It's Essentially, no, winner takes all. In California, they changed the rule 50 percent plus one. All 169 on the spot go to the candidate. The last poll in California, Trump had 66 percent. It's designed for someone to roll up the nomination quickly. So let's talk about the politics of it. Can Nikki Haley, does she have the resources to stay in this race until Super Tuesday? Right now, her campaign says, yes, they have the donors, they have the money, they've already made a multi-million dollar ad buy in South Carolina. But Savannah, if she loses in her home state, that would be devastating. How does she convince donors to stay on board with her? And what is she going to be facing between now and South Carolina? A barrage of pressure from Trump, from his allies. We saw that yesterday in his speech from RNC chairwoman Ronna McDaniel calling for the party to unify before the polls had. Well, you know who also is calling for that? Joe Biden. He is saying in a statement that it is now a race between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. So, I mean, Nikki Haley herself said it, the Democrats want this race with Donald Trump. She's not wrong about that. I mean, if you look at the polling, the Democrats are saying, hey, Joe Biden does better against Donald Trump than he does against Nikki Haley. She trounces him in general election polls, Savannah. So you have that extraordinary statement by the president overnight declaring this over before Nikki Haley has dropped out. Part of what he's trying to do is energize the Democratic base because polls show he is losing support among key groups who put him in the White House. It also comes, as we learned about this campaign shakeup yesterday, Savannah, two top White House officials heading to the campaign. And remember the context to that. It comes after former President Obama said to Joe Biden, it is time to really ramp up this campaign to bolster it. They know they are facing some really big headwinds. So we are seeing Democrats basically responding to some of the really concerning polling that they believe they've seen for the president's re-election chance. Yeah, a lot of jitters there. Okay, we will continue to watch. Meet you here, same time, probably next week, Kristen. <laughs> Steve, good. thank you so much. All right, SG, thank you. Uh, another story breaking just this morning, a Russian military transport plane crashing near Ukraine. And according to Russian officials, It was carrying dozens of Ukrainian prisoners of war. NBC's Molly Hunter joins us now with the very least details on this. Hey, Molly, good morning. Hoda, good morning. That's right. A major headline as the war in Ukraine grinds on after nearly two years of fighting. This is a major accusation from Russia's Ministry of Defense and could be very damaging for Ukraine. Russian state media reported this morning that a Russian military aircraft on a scheduled flight crashed in Belgorod. That's a western region close to the Ukrainian border. And this video that I think we can see right now, posted by a Telegram account linked to Russian security services, appears to show the plane hurtling towards the ground, then exploding into a fireball. Dramatic video there. According to Russian defense officials, the plane was carrying 65 captured military personnel, Ukrainian POWs, as well as nine other people. Now, no official cause of the crash has been released yet, but the Russian head of defense committee has said the plane was shot down and that Ukrainian leadership was aware of the prisoner exchange happening and how those prisoners 
would be transported. The foreign ministry now directly pointing the finger at Ukraine in a new statement, calling it a barbaric act of terrorism. Now, Hoda, details are still coming in. NBC News has not independently verified the details of this incident, including who exactly was on board. We have reached out to Ukraine's armed forces for comment. Hoda. You know, Molly, there's been so much attention on what's going on in the Middle East. But if you count the days, today's actually the 700th day of Russia's war. So could this milestone maybe escalate things going on there? 700 days. That's right, Huda. Ukrainian President Zelensky has been unrelenting, speaking powerfully and frequently about the increased Russian attacks on Ukrainian territory in recent weeks. And especially, Hoda, as the U.S. election gets into full swing, his appeal for vital Western and U.S. aid in particular continues. But as this story develops, Hoda, you're absolutely right. It could be incredibly damaging for Zelensky as he fights to keep Ukraine on the world's agenda. Hoda. All right, Molly, thank you so much. We appreciate it. There are new developments this morning tied to that mid-flight emergency on an Alaska Airlines flight. Boeing is now planning a safety stand down tomorrow for everyone working on its 737 production line near Seattle. This is a one day pause while the manufacturer vows to refocus on quality control and safety. NBC's Tom Costello covers aviation for us. Tom, I know you sat down exclusively with the CEO of Alaska Airlines. He took you inside one of these grounded Max 9 planes, showed you the door plug at the center of the investigation. Tell us more. Yeah, the CEO, Ben Minicucci, says he is angry with Boeing for their breakdown in quality control that put his passengers' lives at risk. Nearly a third of Alaska's fleet is grounded, the max night. Hundreds of flights canceled every day. United also canceling hundreds of flights. And now Boeing, under investigation, is feeling the heat. Within hours of the midair emergency on flight 1282, Alaska Airlines CEO Ben Minicucci grounded all 65 of his MAX 9s. As an engineer, he immediately suspected the problem was bigger than just one plane. There's no doubt that Alaska received an airplane off the production line with a faulty door. And it could have cost your passengers their lives. Exactly. Minicucci took us inside one of Alaska's grounded MAX 9s to see the door plug now being inspected on every MAX 9. A series of bolts hold it in place. The NTSB investigating whether the door plug was ever bolted in place on the assembly line. Boeing is better than this. Flight 1282 should never have happened should never have happened. Already, both United and Alaska have found problems while inspecting their MAX 9s. We found discrepancies uh, on many of our airplanes. Meaning loose bolts? Loose bolts. It could be a missing cotter pin. Have you conveyed your disappointment, your anger, to Boeing's top leadership about this? I'm more than frustrated and disappointed. I am angry. This happened to Alaska Airlines. It happened to our guests. It happened to our, our people. Its reputation now seriously damaged, Boeing has ordered a safety stand down for Thursday. In a statement, Boeing says, we have let down our airline customers and are deeply sorry for the significant disruption to them, their employees and their passengers. It was five years ago that two MAX 8 crashes overseas killed 346 people. Boeing promised then it would double down on quality control. Now, United CEO says he'll consider buying Airbus planes rather than Boeing's. The MAX 9 groundings is probably the straw that broke the camel's back for us. Alaska, meanwhile, is sending its own inspectors into Boeing plants to double-check Boeing's work. It was pure luck that no one was sitting next to the plug when it exploded. Looking at that video and those photos, did you think, my God, what if somebody were sitting there? 
There were only seven open seats, and we had a guardian angel, honestly, on that airplane. Yeah, the MAX 9 remains grounded. The FAA not giving a timeline for when they might allow it to fly again or when the inspections might go to the next phase. Hundreds of flights canceled every day. Hundreds of thousands of passengers inconvenienced. And Boeing CEO today meeting with senators on the Hill in Washington as they also demand answers. Savannah. All right, Tom, thank you very much. Seven sixteen. welcome Craig to the table. Weather's still a big story. Still a big story. Hoda, Savannah, good morning. Good morning to you as well. Stormy weather once again causing a slew of problems from coast to coast. Serious flood threat in the south, more ice and snow for parts of the Midwest and New England. Meanwhile, in Southern California, they're still recovering from record rain there. Mr. Roker tracking all of it, of course. But first, NBC's Morgan Chesky joins us from Houston, Texas. Morgan, good morning to you. Hey, Craig, good morning. It is a rainy mess here in Houston right now where officials are keeping an incredibly close eye on these water levels. Hard to believe, but right now, 34 million Americans are under flood watches from here all the way up into Rhode Island. And for so many others, freezing rain means that icy threat is far from over. This morning, millions on alert as the wild winter weather continues. While many are still recovering from that deep freeze, flooding now on the horizon for the south and east coast. Some areas already getting battered. Texas soaked with relentless rain. Standing at about seven inches deep. In the Houston area, Boil water advisories now affecting at least two water systems. The storm also barreling through Louisiana. Lake Charles expecting dense fog, according to the National Weather Service. This is extreme weather and freezing temps have struck much of the United States. Freezing rain making for treacherous conditions in the Midwest and lower Great Lakes region. Slicking over icy roads. A heart-stopping rescue scene in Arkansas. Body cam video released Tuesday shows a police officer crawling on frozen ice over the weekend. Saving a child who had fallen into the lake. And San Diego drying out after severe flooding from a storm dumping record rainfall. Three months worth of rain in just six hours on Monday. Officials and neighbors all coming together to help rescue loved ones. We had to break the window to rescue my dog. That was, look at the, look how high the water is, almost four to five feet. Authorities now blaming at least one death on the storm as the massive cleanup gets underway. We're grateful, you know, life goes on. The most important thing is that we have our lives and we can rebuild everything else. And nationwide, at least 75 deaths have been attributed to this series of winter storm systems. We know that Tennessee was incredibly hard hit with 30 deaths there. The city of Memphis suffering from pipes collapsing from that ice storm that moved its way through still has a boil water advisory that's in effect at least through today. Craig. All right, Morgan Chesky, we see all the water behind you there. Morgan, thank you. All right, 719, let's bring in Mr. Roker. Hey, Al. Hey, guys, so we've got 34 million people under some sort of winter weather advisory up through New England. We've got flash flood watches, flash flood warnings going on now from Texas on into Louisiana with rainfall rates possibly up to two to three inches per hour. And this stretches from the Gulf all the way into the Northeast. Significant flooding is going to be in the lower Mississippi River Valley. Tomorrow, that surge of rain moves into the Mid-Atlantic and 
the Great Lakes as well with some icy condition. The flood risk will move into the southeast by Friday. Things start to dry out down south. The wintry mix, though, will still hang out through New England. We do have a moderate risk of flooding down through the Gulf with hourly rainfall rates, as we said, two to three inches per hour, anywhere from one to five inches, but upwards of six or eight possible and some more heavier showers into the northeast and icy conditions up through New England. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank you. Still ahead, it was the highest grossing movie of the year. Did Barbie deserve more Oscar love? No, I mean, literally, Barbie herself. The nominees, Ryan Gosling, America Ferrer. A lot of fans certainly think that she and the director should have been nominated. Chloe Malas is all over this one. Fans certainly think so, Savannah, and they have a lot to say. We'll have that for you coming up next. Look forward to it, Chloe. And by the way, America will actually join us live here on the program. Plus, an inside look at a surprising travel trend. People eager for solo vacations. No spouses, no friends, nobody the boost it could give you, and what to consider before you book it. But first, this is Today on NBC. Experience a different tomorrow with Norwegian Cruise Line. Book today and get 50% off your cruise to Alaska, Europe, and beyond. Plus, everyone can enjoy their vacation with free unlimited open bar, free specialty dining, and more. Visit ncl.com, call your travel advisor, or 1-888-NCL-CRUISE. Offer ends soon. Norwegian Cruise Line, ships registry the Bahamas and USA. Restrictions apply. The rest of my life gonna start today. In life, we're often driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to find candidates isn't to search. It's to match with Indeed. Indeed's a matching and hiring platform used by over 300 million global monthly users, according to Indeed data. Need quality candidates fast? Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. And you'll connect with candidates in no time. And it's not just faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And here's the best part. Listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit, giving your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. die okay uh, 7 30 that moment of joy for two grandmothers guess what they found out they're going to the oscars because they are the subject of a touching film directed by their grandson it's called nai and waipo meaning dad's mom and mom's mom it's up for best documentary <laughs> oh now i want to see it too uh, how sweet i love those reactions oh, yeah. oh it's cute uh, of course not everyone was so excited when the Oscar nominations were revealed around this time yesterday. Well, there's always controversy. This year, two notable snubs are dominating the conversation. Yes, we are talking about Barbie herself, Margot Robbie, and the hit film's director, Greta Gerwig. Neither one getting an Oscar nomination. NBC's entertainment correspondent, Chloe Milas, is here with this one. Wow, there are snubs, and then there are snubs. There are snubs, and fans are not happy about it. It's the Oscar surprise that has Barbie fans in shock this morning. And now actor Ryan Gosling and America Ferreira, the film's only acting nominees, are now speaking out about the main women behind the box office juggernaut who've been iced out. 
Barbie may have broken the box office, becoming the highest-grossing film by a female director in history. But to the surprise of co-stars and fans, it wasn't enough for the film's star Margot Robbie or its director, Greta Gerwig, to get an Oscar nomination. While the film did receive eight nods, including Best Picture, Ryan Gosling, who was nominated for his role as Ken, spoke out about the snubs, writing, There is no Ken without Barbie, and there is no Barbie movie without Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie. To say that I am disappointed that they are not nominated in their respective categories would be an understatement. Co-star America Ferreira, who clinched her first Oscar nomination, telling Entertainment Weekly she is sad and disappointed about the women being overlooked, adding, they deserve to be acknowledged for the history they made, for the ground they broke, for the beautiful artistry. On social media, this is like one of the biggest snub Oscar lineups I think I've ever seen. Fans were fuming. One posting, Ken getting nominated and not Barbie, is honestly so fitting for a film about a man discovering the power of patriarchy in the real world. Unfortunately, I wasn't too surprised because the Oscars have a pattern of snubbing comedies, and they also have a pattern of snubbing movies directed by women. Congratulations to those men. In 2020, the Academy received criticism after all of the nominees for Best Director were men. That same year, Cynthia Arriva was the only person of color nominated in any of the acting categories. And who could forget the Oscars So White hashtag that went viral in 2015 after no actors of color were nominated. While past efforts have been made to increase diversity among its voting body, the Academy now finding itself back in the spotlight after the women behind Barbie are boxed out of some of the top prizes. NBC News has reached out to Robbie and Gerwig for comment, and we have not yet heard back. Okay, so now we're all, the next mad. question we're is, mad. well, yeah, but also, like, how do, who decides, and how did this happen? It's yeah. so okay. So now the entire Academy votes on these nominees, right? But how did we get here is the big question. Actors vote for actors. Directors vote on directors. Editors vote for editors. When it comes to the nominees, there are certain categories that don't fall into this, but you're voted on by your peers, essentially. But that doesn't explain why Greta Gerwig wouldn't be nominated by her peers. And what's interesting, well, exactly, right? And so we don't know why certain people get nominated and don't, but it's all tabulated behind the scenes. And what's interesting to me is how do you get nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, right? Which she and her partner did. And then you don't get nominated for Best Director, but you're nominated for Best Film. So let's just pretend that Barbie does win Best Film, but then you haven't won Best Director. I find it to be quite confusing. I, I mean, in the past, nearly always the Best Director and a Best picture nominations go hand in hand. You're right. Like by tradition. You're right. And also, remember, Barbie won big at the Golden Globes. But now that the HFPA and that voting body has changed so much, it's not really a precursor anymore for who might get nominated or even win. And also... I just want to make sure I understand. So... Margot Robbie would have been nominated by fellow directors. No, no Margot actors. Robbie would have been nominated Ken. by fellow Ken, actors. Come on, yeah, stay so with you're us. nominated <laughs> by your the peers. Women got wow. this. We but got I also this. just <laughs> want to point out one other thing, though. Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> yes. who got a lot of buzz for his starring role yeah, in yeah. Killers of the Flower Moon, he was not nominated. Yeah. The Color Purple musical film, not nominated for Best Picture. There were a lot of yeah. other things that upset people right. outside of Barbie yeah. this year. Yeah. And yeah. Oscars, like I said, is no stranger to controversy mm-hmm. with all of their issues with diversity yeah. over the years. It's yeah. just for, I didn't it, go in on you, Craig. 
you, for fun. Wow, that's, that's it's part of the past. It's part okay, of the, just want to say, Alex, I'm Because Al, that's usually you want, your job. I'm just, I'm <laughs> right? just, I'm, Ken, come to I'm Kenning back. That's so <laughs> rare. Sorry. Thank you. It is. I mean, I meant, it's by interesting. By the way, I meant Greta Gerwig. I meant so her peers yeah. are voted on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And you know what, though? I just have to say, I really love that Ryan Gosling came out and yeah, he yeah. says, there's no Barbie yeah. without Ken. There is no Barbie film without yeah. Greta Gerwig. Of yeah. course. Of course. And it's funny because it's li- like literally the plot of the movie. Exactly. But whatever. Not great. You know, it's Barbie. Every year people are upset about something. I know. Exactly. Sorry for calling you Ken. I just couldn't help it. (laughs) You're not sorry. Just teasing. (laughs) You're not sorry. Like a little sorry. Half sorry. All right. right. Chloe, thank you so much. Thank you, Chloe. By the way, we're going to hear from America Forever. Join us live. We'll talk about her nomination because it's wonderful and Mm -hmm. historic and see what she thinks about all this controversy. I would have been disappointed had you not taken the game. That was was low-hanging. That mistake was was easy. Uh, First, though, ever want to get away from everyone, Emily Akedas, checking out one of the hottest new trends in travel. Yeah, that's right. Good morning. 2024 is expected to be a banner year for travel, and many people are finding solace in solo travel. Coming up, we're digging into the booming trend of solo travel and why some people say it could be good for your marriage. That's with us. That's coming up. Stay with us. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe Right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. Back now, 740. This morning on In-Depth Today, an unexpected travel trend. Yeah, maybe a little controversial. A lot of people are now planning bucket list adventures, trips that do not include family, friends, or even their spouses Mm. or partners. NBC's Emily Akata here with a closer look at the booming business of solo vacations. Yeah, that's right. Good morning, guys. Some people finding solace in solitude. Booking.com says 70% of travelers in the U.S. are looking to venture alone this year. Some say flying solo provides more flexibility, boosts self-confidence, and could even be the secret to a happy marriage. Whether you're dreaming of sunbathing on Hawaii's shoreline or cruising through Alaska, 2024 is set to be a banner year for travel. But rather than jet-setting alongside family and friends, I want to go someplace where I can marvel at something. Surveys show a growing number are traveling eat, pray, love style and booking a ticket for one. Hashtag solo travel has exploded to 7.6 billion views on TikTok. I don't know who needs to hear this, but book the solo trip. 
And the trend is especially evident among retired couples. The Wall Street Journal reporting in 2023, people 55 and over traveled without their significant other 46% more than people in that age group did the year before. With this group in particular, they have the resources and the time to prioritize different types of trips and what they're interested in. Lisa Searing loves traveling with her husband, but chose to celebrate her 60th birthday in France alone. When you travel solo, you're fully present in the experience. It's just you and the people around you, the smells, the languages, everything. Do you feel like it, in a way, benefits your relationship? Yes, it does. It's just, it's so meaningful because you want to see your partner happy. A trend the hospitality industry is leaning into. Cruise lines are adding more single passenger rooms and travel platforms are offering solo luxury packages, especially catered towards women. From backroads, women's adventures to insight vacations, wander women. If you're flying solo, some travel experts recommend Beaver Creek, Colorado for its year-round outdoor activities and Santa Fe, New Mexico for endless sunshine and a unique art scene. Outside of the U.S., Norway is a nature lover's paradise and known for friendly locals, and the Cayman Islands is considered the culinary capital of the Caribbean. Searing has her sights set on Bali. Everybody should try it once. Break through that resistance. And with more travelers flying solo, some tips for staying safe. Maybe don't start with a two-week backpacking trip in the Amazon. Start small, a long weekend here in the U.S. Share your itinerary with family and friends. Do your research. Research your destination safety and emergency facilities and schedule your arrival during daylight hours. I don't know. Maybe there's something to this. Yeah, I think there's something really cool about it. I think you have to be pretty comfortable with who you are to do it. But it would open up a whole world of stuff. Yeah, and I think think a long weekend. You don't have to go for a long, long time, but just a few days of solid. Too. Bring a journal, bring some books, yeah, some reflection, cool. and live through it. the discomfort of being yes, alone and I see like what it. happens. Yeah. Sorry, Pat, I'm going without you. Yeah, oh, exactly. Oh, I think so. All right, Mr. Roker, how about a check of the weather? Hey, Craig, what parallel universe would you be able to go into Lindsay and say? In no universe. Sweetie, I'd like to go somewhere without you or the kids for three days. Yeah. Yeah. I think you know how that would be received. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> well, a little different. Yeah. Now, she, actually, Deborah would probably like me to yeah. go. Bye. A few days. Get out now. Uh, we are looking for a mild weather in the Midwest, heavy rain and flooding down through the Gulf. This is going to be possibly very dangerous, especially down through Louisiana. Sunshine, few scattered uh, snow showers through the Rockies, and another big storm coming to the Pacific Northwest coast with rain and wind there. And that is your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank you. First, our tribute to broadcasting legend Charles Osgood, a beloved fiction on TV and radio for decades. We will remember him right after this. So we are back remembering the soundtrack of many Sunday mornings, a true legend in the world of broadcasting. Yes, longtime television and radio host Charles Osgood. He died yesterday at the age of 91. Mm. NBC's Ann Thompson is here with a look at what made him so beloved by viewers and listeners. Ann, good morning. Oh, good morning. In describing his writing style, Charles Osgood said, short words, short sentences, short paragraphs. There's nothing that can't be improved by making it shorter and better. Well, this morning, we beg to differ. We are going to linger, remembering Osgood's 46-year career at CBS and the joy of a master storyteller. Good morning. I'm Charles Osgood, and this is Sunday Morning. As a broadcaster, Charles Osgood was a kindly, reassuring presence who could make words dance. 
a big salt shaker shaking its head no when you open up the menu. Delight you with a rhyme. I hope whatever work you do makes you happy, makes you smile. You may be at it quite a while. <laughs> or maybe play you a tune. The CBS television stalwart got his start on the radio, spinning records at his alma mater, Fordham, becoming an announcer for the U.S. Army Band, then President Eisenhower's personal DJ as Ike recovered from a heart attack. Osgood moved to CBS in the late 1960s, doing both radio and TV. The 500 reminds me of a definition I once heard of the life of an airline pilot. Hours of boredom punctuated by moments of... Sheer terror. The Osgood file was his signature for the ear. Edward R. Morrow sure knew how to use his voice on the radio. For the eye, it was his bow tie on CBS Sunday morning, introducing us to people, places, and things in his lyrical way. Art for the people. All for the price of a subway token. His talents offered other opportunities, voicing the narrator in the Dr. Seuss Horton Hears a Who movie or working with the Boston Pops. But it was on Sundays when Osgood shined the brightest, ending each show with a tip of the hat to his first love. I will see you on the radio. Lauded with Emmys, a Peabody Award, and a spot in the Broadcasting and Cable Hall of Fame, this morning we can't help but wish we could see Charles Osgood on the radio one more time. Charles Osgood leaves his wife, Jean, of 50 years, five children and six grandchildren. The bow tie he wore on that final show, well, it now belongs to the Smithsonian and history. Oh, wow. Jimmy, that was beautiful. Beautiful life. He'd be and proud of that story. I he bet. Would. Beautiful. Well, he was extraordinary. <laughs> yes, he and was. how lucky we all were to take of his mm. talents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank you, Annie. Thank you. All right, we've got a lot, a lot more ahead, including newly minted Oscar nominee America Ferrera live on Popstart. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right nasal strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe right. Get your strip on. Use as directed.